Hey friends, this is Hannah Wedger, an agriculture teacher in St. Paul, Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes. And I'm here to talk all things agriculture education related, curriculum, classroom management, FFA, career development events, SAEs, and whatever else you wanna hear about. It's basically me sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with all of you. So let's dig in. Hey friends, before we jump in today's episode, I just wanted to remind you that it is a live recording of Sarah Nursewick and I's virtual coffee that we have been hosting. So please just keep in mind that there might be a few um, pauses, a few moments of silence, and really that's just time that our amazing community of agriculture educators uh, are thinking and trying to provide um, feedback for one another and support for one another. Thanks for joining in and listening, and without further ado, I will let you listen to Virtual Coffee. We are going to play Would You Rather. Would You Rather. Okay, so um, simple. You can do it real easy. I just looked these up online, um, or you can think of ones in your head. So um, you can type it, or if I can see you, which I can see about 15 of you, um, you can do a one or a two if you'd like to do that. So would you rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? Lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? We got some ones, we got some twos. Like starting to see some in the chat speak. It's pretty half and half here. Uh, our, our twos are our bookworms. We like, I love, they're like, yes. yes. Um, I'm a little half and half. I don't know what I would do. Oh, I guess I can't do that. That's cheating. That's not how the game works, Sarah. Okay. Would you rather always be 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early? Early. Majority early. There we go. I like it. I like it. It's like an ag teacher. You always tell them 30 minutes before they actually have to be there, right? We're leaving at 6 a.m., but we're not really leaving until 6.30. Pro tip, all you student teachers out there, that's a pro tip. Do not tell them the actual time you're leaving. Never. Always tell them early. Sarah, I vary the time, too, because sometimes they catch on to, like, you're being 30 minutes early, so I'll do, like, 15 minutes early one time and 10 minutes early. Pro, pro tip. Um, Okay, would you rather have every traffic light you approach turn green or never have to stand in another line? Would you rather have every traffic light turn green or never stand in another line? See some twos, some ones, never stand in a line. Hey, we're pretty 50-50 on that one, too. I would never stand in a line. I'm, I'm never in a rush. Uh, I can't get mad at a traffic light. Why do you get mad at a traffic light? <laughs> traffic light so you won't be late to see these. Um, all right, would you rather spend the rest of your life on a sailboat or in an RV? A sailboat or an RV? Mostly twos here, mostly twos. RV travel. I guess just the United States and Mexico and Canada. Or you could go all the way down. I don't know. South America. Sailboat. We got a sailboat. Adam said sailboat. 
you could get off the sailboat. I don't know. There's a lot of different things. You got two more. Would you rather be able to fly anywhere you want for the rest of your life or never have to pay for food again? Would you rather travel anywhere or never have to play, pay for food again? We got some food people. We got some travel people. I like it. I like it. Unlimited Chick-fil-A. Katie, you are speaking my language. I really want Chick-fil-A right now. Gosh, Katie. Okay. Would you rather, this is my favorite. You can only use one. Would you rather have a fork to use as the utensil for the rest of your life or a spoon? Fork or a spoon? You can only pick one. Forks. I feel like if I, if I had to ask you your reasoning, everyone would have very valid reasoning on this one. <laughs> Regardless of which one you choose, you would be so committed to that choice. Here, I challenge you. Use that utensil for the rest of the day. See how it goes. Let me know. DM me on the gram. All right. Hannah, we... Um, do you want to shout out some people and then we'll get started into our questions? Yeah, I forgot about the shout outs. Okay, so we had our um, challenge this week and it was show me your pets. And a lot of you have um, a lot of dogs, a lot of horses, and then there were like a few cats and other like a hedgehog. Um, so I have Heidi, Nikki, Tara, um, Lori, Anna, Erin and Josette were the ones that I had. Um, and I know that there were a couple that I missed. I didn't grab it off of the stories quick enough, but um, I'm jealous of all the horses. You guys have really nice looking horses. And my horse when I was in high school was not as nice and kind as your horses were. I can't remember who it was that had two horses at once. Once I think it was, um, oh, Kendra. I think Kendra was running around with a couple of horses at once so much nicer than my horses were. um okay we're gonna jump into virtual coffee thanks you guys for um being a part of our green and growing challenge during the week i really enjoy that um so the kind of trend that i got this week with my questions um is that we're all a little bit nervous about what the fall looks like um and part of that we probably won't know until we get closer um, but Sarah and I were just kind of sensing that we just kind of need to talk about this. Like some of us need to verbal, verbally process this. Um, and so I'm excited for a couple of these questions for us to be able to kind of dig in. So the first one is from Jesse Rose. I have not checked. Are you here, Jesse? You want to go ahead and explain? Yeah, so um, my CT director is asking for us to um, provide more industry real world experiences for our kids. So I teach agri-science, small, large, and vet science. Um, and we offer work-based learning um, for our vet science students. They intern for the semester after they take veterinary science. But he's wanting industry um, connections in the large animal sector and actually in vet science. So help. So you guys, as usual, can go ahead and write in the chat or just unmute yourself and go ahead and give us some suggestions. Does he want more? Oh. 
I was just going to ask for a recap of that the question. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, so he's just wanting more, um, I guess, job placement is the way that I'm picking up what he's wanting. Um, we, I'm in East Tennessee, and so I'm right next to the University of Tennessee. So connecting to a college is not a problem for us. The, what he's wanting us to do is to connect more with the industry that itself. So like doggy day camps um, is something that I thought of. Um, farms, I guess. Is he looking for like um, like placements for students too, like internships and stuff like that, or people coming in as guest speakers? Or um, I'm gonna go with more of the student placement is what he's looking for. And so, how we make those connections for our students to get in those positions? Yes. Okay. What do you guys got? Are there large animal clinics in your area? Never hurts to send an email or phone call. Oh, Anna had a great question. She's wondering if it has to be in like on site for the school or can it be off site? Um, does it need to be hands on? Can it be a job shadow type thing? Um, I think it's um, what we've done before is more of a job shadow. So um, kind of like an internship that they are, a non-paid internship that they're doing. Um, one of the hurdles though that we've had is um, insurance. So the liability of those businesses allowing kids in. Um, we just have a super supportive vet clinic that'll take like two kids at, in a semester um, and they'll let them do everything. I mean, she gives them free range, but not every, businesses like that. Well, they have just that science. Sorry, Anna. No, that's good. Um, will they have time during the school day to do this? Or will it be outside of the school day? So if they take work-based learning, it'll be a part of the school day. They give them the last hour and a half of the day. Um, they technically intern until 3.30, and then um, they can work voluntarily after that, whatever the business allows them to do. Um, for the vet science class, though, it'll probably be after school um, that they'll have to do. Or if they have early release, we offer early release for students. Are there any teachers um, here who are the work-based learning coordinator for their school or do work-based learning um, for their students? Do you guys have any ideas on how to kind of make those connections or build in those um, internships for students? I know that one of the troubles we've had in St. Paul is trying to get internships that are paid. Um, and so that's been kind of a difficulty for us trying to figure that out. But what do you guys have? Hi. Um, can you hear me? Okay. So for work-based learning, we are very privileged and like fortunate to have a CTE director who is in charge of that. Um, but we've had a very successful apprenticeship program at our school. 
And one of the reasons it's been successful is because he's worked with local businesses and he's had the time to really look into the, the, the way that program works. And students are really drawn in by the fact that they can get school credit. So I don't know, I know each state's different, but our students can earn credit for class um, for doing that and they get the early release. Um, and so that's a huge draw for some of our kids. Um, he's just reached out to, to different businesses all the time. And then we use an app called Cued In. I'll put it in the, the chat, but that allows like one central place for, for um, businesses to post their applications and have all that information so that students can easily access it on an app. So that's one of the, a couple of the things that have helped our program be successful, but we're lucky because we have a CTE director. Um, Laura mentioned to just chat with your HR about how the school could potentially assume liability for students too if they are in internships and maybe that's a barrier for some of those um, companies. And then Kelsey had said that they put together some information about their internship program, like what they want their students to get out of it. Um, and then they worked with their Chamber of Commerce, which I think is a really great um, tool to be able to work with them um, to kind of find what new businesses they can partner with, um, which is awesome. Kelsey has a cool thing at their school. They also have like a um, school-based enterprise that incorporates a bunch of the different um, CTE classes, not just egg classes. Uh, and so that's kind of a cool one where it's built into the school that students can get internships that way. I definitely would suggest thinking outside the box rather than just doing placements, you know, at businesses to make your own business. Um, we have work-based learning kids who report to us and they're, um, they're required to run our doggy daycare or deal with our egg business or go work out at the local farm that we work with. Um, and then that in turn gives us fundraising money. It takes some stuff off of our plate, but they're still getting those like life skills. Um, so it's a win-win for us. Um, and they do get the work-based learning credit for it. Anyone else? Communication, just chatting about scheduling with different vet offices. Oh, Amy said that she's placed students in the school cafeteria and elementary classrooms as well. Um, students working in gardens, that sort of thing. You said you were maybe more towards the animal science stuff, but. Oh, Lily had a great idea too about kids that work at dog breeders or local um, breeders. Those are great. This is really helpful. Anybody else? Um, Ryan, we have uh, just small animals at our school. Um, and for those kids that can't drive or they don't have a means to get anywhere, we'll, I'll allow them to take care of those animals. So they clean them once a week. They, um, they make sure they're fed and watered. Um, basic care, pretty much. For those animals. Jesse, did you, you have any other questions for the group? No. Nope. Thank you. Yeah. 
All right, Sarah, did you have the next one or you want me to do the next one? You got it? I can do it, yeah. Uh, all right, for our next two questions, they come from Audrey. Um, I see her. Um, so Audrey, if you wanna um, jump into one of them and then we can, we can figure out what we can come together for you. I was actually just looking, trying to find what I asked. I remembered what I asked, but I wanted to make sure I address them as they were on there. Um, so just, uh, I think all of us are like number two, right? Returning in the fall? Yes. Okay, sorry. Um, just what are we, I have no idea as far as um, starting the year virtually, because I know that's something that's being thrown around um, for different sites and districts and California. Um, so I don't, I guess just maybe in case any of us are in the situation where uh, this is pushed into starting the year digitally, um, maybe starting to brainstorm some of those ideas um, ahead of time so that we're not like getting to August or whenever we start and then trying to come up with some cool stuff because I'm sure a lot of us could, uh, you know, it's just, I think the way I'm looking at this digital learning thing is it's one more um, tool in our toolbox for being able to be a better teacher digitally more during the year, even when we have kids, obviously not completely, but um, just so if anyone has any ideas or things to do that you would normally do, but doing them digitally. Yeah. <laughs> so is your um, main concern, which I share is um, like getting kids excited more like the first year kids or, or, all the kids honestly I don't I don't know I'm not really concerned about it I mean my theory is everybody's in the same boat so yeah. if it's you know we're all we're all feeling it we're all the kids know and so it's not like it's just their ag teacher it's all of their mm -hmm. teachers um I mean yeah I guess if we wanted to focus on fre yeah freshmen right because they've never been in an ag program maybe unless you have middle school um I I don't really I don't know I was just kind of Ideas were coming out and I hadn't really thought about them, sorry. No, no, you're fine, that's, that's great. I mean, that's, that's some of my concern is I teach all the freshmen and you know, your program relies on your recruitment and retention. Yeah. Um, your job re requires that. So our other kids are locked and loaded, like they're good. You know, that's where I've, I become concerned personally. Um, so maybe we can, we can focus on first, you know, maybe because all of our other kids have been through digital learning with us, yeah. whereas these freshmen, even if they had an ag teacher, they might have had different platforms or different bubble, you know, yeah. at the middle school. So why don't we do that? And then we can always come back to um, our old children, too. So um, Lily said she's converted interactive notebooks to digital notebooks, um, having guest speakers in the classroom from upperclassmen. That's a great idea. Um, for freshmen, did a recruitment video and put it on YouTube and sent it to all the eighth graders. That's a great idea um, to do, especially if kids are still requesting classes, if your recruitment events were canceled. Um, are there any states that have already said they are starting with digital learning? Has anybody, any state? I'm getting some no's. No, we haven't either here in Georgia. Uh, New York City or New York? New York City. Really? Huh. Interesting. So I don't know any teachers in New York City. Um, 
I know there are ag teachers there. Maybe we can find them for next week. Uh, you know, they haven't decided for Laura. They haven't decided here in Georgia either, but our county is starting to think about stuff. I was sitting in my classroom last week. And I was like, how many kids can I actually fit in here with six feet of distance between them? That I think, and I think that was the other thing I was thinking about with looking at things differently is not necessarily that we may be uh, digital, but you know, are they gonna, cause at, towards the beginning of closure for us, they started saying, okay, well, you're gonna be here, but we're gonna allow uh, six kids in your room at a time and they're gonna cycle through, but they have to be six feet apart. And so, I mean, are we gonna, I mean, masks, are we gonna be social distancing? Are we gonna, I don't know how that would be feasible, but um, I guess, you know, some of the things we, we do require closeness, which is why this is hard. Yeah, it's definitely difficult, but we will make it through. We'll figure out, we'll be innovative together. Um, planning on focusing on building relationships with kids through get to know activities, more important, obviously, because we can't interact with them every day. Um, Tiffany said that it's probably gonna be digital or an every other day schedule at her school. Um, they're gonna build a whole new school so they can fit kids. Oh, oh, are they? I thought you said they are. Sorry, Ryan. I don't know how to read sometimes. Um, yeah, th those are all questions. And, you know, they think about, well, I have a whole bunch of ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. They've talked about like ninth and 10th come some days, you know, the other grades go some day, you know, it's, it's, it's a little crazy. One of my fears is I talked to administration this morning and they're talking about doing like A days or B days or half the kids come in the morning, half in the afternoon. Um, it was mentioned that we might have to get rid of elective classes and just focus on the core subjects for the time being um, because there's just not enough time during the day. And I don't know about you guys, but for us here in Illinois, a lot of our classes are like multi-grade together. So, you know, like my upper level classes could be juniors and seniors or sophomores, juniors and seniors. And so just having half of them would just cause a lot of chaos. And so they have considered just doing core classes, um, which kind of breaks my heart because A, like I need my students, um, but B, you know, like that's something a lot of those kids look forward to because they need the hands-on change of pace during the day. So um, that kind of made me panic this morning. Wow. What state are you in, Jessica? Illinois. Illinois. And then Nikki, you're in a Dakota. I cannot keep them straight. The North. North Dakota. The Dakota. The Dakota. Um, wow. Yeah. I haven't heard any of that. And I think Katrina brings up a good point that it's really hard to plan for the unknown because we could find out in three weeks that everything's back to normal. Don't think that's going to happen. Um, but you know, linking up with core teachers to do project-based learning, that's a great way to, you know, look at it and definitely be able to support, support those things that we usually don't have enough time to do. Um, we're like, hey, I'd love to do a project with you and then everything just falls away because you're so busy. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree with what Anna said, extracurriculars and electives are what makes school special and makes kids, you know, remember. And I don't, I can't remember anything about high school, but I remember my sports teams and my dance team and all the things that went through that. I did not have FFA growing up, so, sorry. 
One thing that I was going to say is that I have gotten new students since we've been virtual because I teach some quarter classes. Um, and so about three weeks into being virtual, I got 60 new seventh graders. And it wasn't as difficult to get them engaged as I thought it was going to be. I was really freaking out about how I was going to get them enrolled in my class and get them to log into it and get connected with their parents because I, for a lot of these students, I haven't even met them before. And so I was really nervous about it, but it wasn't as difficult as I thought. But I did spend probably the first two weeks, so 10 classes, just getting to know each other. So doing like discussion posts of introducing people and posting um, videos of my high school students talking about FFA and talking about AGAD and using some of the national FFA videos just to introduce them of what I would normally do in class, but we weren't together. So I was really afraid, but I actually have more engagement from some of those students than students that I had in class when we before we went into all of this. That is very encouraging for all of us who haven't had that issue. Thank you, Emma, for for sharing that. Um, yeah, I think just being having those engagement activities, like even like the the one we did at the beginning of class, uh, asking people that you know, like asking them how they truly are and checking in on them and having those conversations, um, you know, relationships over rigor all the time. And I think this really opened our eyes to that uh, concept. Um, so trying to focus on those relationships and I think being able to give them an opportunity to join FFA, like you said, and getting them to know about FFA, watching retiring addresses and having those those monthly meetings or, you know, get togethers or whatever and just having it available. Um, yeah, we're definitely crisis teaching. Um, I agree that if we do have to do virtual, we'll all be better prepared and kind of figure it out. And I don't know about you, but my summer is canceled. Like everything that I look forward to in the summer is snip, snip, snip. Um, yeah, we just, uh, reimbursed 20 grand from our vet camps, uh, this week because that's how we make all of our money. Uh, so, you know, everything's gone. So I'll have more time to be creative and innovative this summer. That's my, my thought to myself. Um, so many kids don't have access to the internet. I don't know how they could start the year virtually. Yeah, that, there's definitely um, some issues. I know that some of the counties around us, if they didn't have one-to-one, -one, that's what they're focusing their budget on, all the money that they've, they've saved. They're putting it all into hopefully getting kids access to digital so they can do it, um, hotspots and, and things of that nature. Um, I know a few of you have, um, have done the packets. You know, you've done the packet pickups and, and had to do that. So when we get closer, you know, we can real rank, you know, I don't know, crank this back up in July if we need to, um, once we know a little bit more about that. Everyone, yeah, definitely a lot of internet issues and all across the United States and rural areas. Um, yeah, well, Audrey, I don't know if that answered any questions. I don't, I don't know if it just brought up more questions for us, but it, you know, this is a safe place for us to talk about it and, um, and kind of figure out what other people are feeling or what other people are saying across the nation to see where, where we might go from here. I mean, there's two states that have gone back. I can't remember what states they are. 
Michigan, that way, um, from Georgia. Um, I don't remember. Montana. Yeah, that's definitely that way. Montana. I heard something about like some of the schools had 50 kids in them. Like that works. Go back to school, Montana. My 2,100 kids in my school won't cut it. Uh, Montana, it was somebody else, but I mean, that makes sense, right? More cows than people um, in Montana. There are a couple other things that I think yeah. people should maybe think about just to kind of be prepared. Um, I don't know if you have, if you guys have choice in which classes you teach in the fall, um, but we were told to just kind of, those of us that we have choice a little bit looking at like our schedule and stuff. Um, so choosing classes that may lend easier to teach in the fall. So like for me, I usually teach floral design in the spring, so I'm going to keep it in the spring just to try and stave off that a little bit. Um, so thinking about what classes will lend easier. I know all of our classes are not the easiest to teach online, but some of them are easier than others, I think. So that's one thing to think about. Um, the other thing to think about is our CTE director contacted us and said, um, if we were to go back to school in the fall, what do your labs look like? Do you need extra supplies for students to be able to have them not sharing supplies, not um, reusing them for each student to have their own set of floral shears or whatever it may be? Um, so that might be something to think about too, just what your labs might look like um, in the fall if you are to go back to school or even let's say we our digital learning in the fall but after that when we go back our labs and our classrooms might look a little different and so thinking about your supplies what might you need more of and maybe kind of letting your whoever the purchaser is or whoever has the funds in your district or school to kind of let them know that that might be something that you need to still keep up the rigor in your class. Hannah that lends great into our next question um, that Audrey had. Uh, so now that you're thinking about the things that you might need extra supplies from, Audrey had a question. I know she's writing, um, <laughs> writing stuff down. Uh, do you want to, do you want to introduce it? Um, I just started thinking about, um, I always try to have a running wish list all the time, um, because I've had different admins that have literally told me I have $20,000 to spend in two hours and then some that you know, nothing. Anyways, um, so I think wish lists are awesome to have. And so some districts maybe that have been hoarding money like mine because they don't know what next year's budget, like I have everything's frozen. I can't spend money on everything or on anything. Um, I had a, a couple things that I was going to purchase at the end of the year and then they canceled it. So part of me is like, well, I don't need it. So I'm not really worried about it. But, um, you know, if that money comes back or more money comes back because the kids already have the technology, so we don't necessarily need to spend it on that. Um, what are we, you know, just in general, even if we weren't in our, our new normal or our temporary normal, what would you spend money on? Um, I always like knowing how other people's money spent. If that. So what are your must-haves? Must-haves. I'll start. I have a binder, you know, those things and make spiral notebooks. Best investment we've ever made. We use it for proficiency. Well, I don't know if we use it for proficiency. We do. Um, national chapters, officer notebooks, anything you want to make nice and pretty, get you, get you a, a binder. 
we train kids on how to do it. <laughs> it's really been nice. A laminator, see Lori, two peas in a pod right here. Um, a laminator for the classroom, that is such a good idea. I'm gonna write that on my list. I got one in fall, it's a game changer. Game changer, definitely need one of those. So laminator, binder, I'm trying to think of other things. What else, shout them out. So if this helps, not that it matters because our administration changes what we teach year to year, it seems like, but we have a small school farm with a um, small flock of breeding um, sheep and goats. So we can try to breed, use them as, utilize them in the lab for animal science classes, but also um, for a county fair, we are able to breed project animals for students to have at a cheaper um, price, essentially. And we've had chickens, we've had rabbits, um, animal science, floral. We don't really have ag business class, unfortunately. Intro, our district is phasing out um, most of our science classes and putting it back into science and hoping to revamp um, and improve and grow our horticulture program to a small greenhouse. Um, but just you know, sometimes I run into, it's the end of the year and I've hoarded all year long and then need to, you know, spend a little bit of money. Yeah. So some other things on here, a photo printer, electric stapler. We got one of those this year. Those are really nice. Storage containers, drawers on wheels. Love it. Um, Nikki put in a link for, I have no idea what it is. Is it a scale? Where's she at? She's, she's a pocket, like it's like this big. Oh yeah. Um, I like have fifteen of them, and they're perfect for like. I don't. They like work honestly better than some of like the hundred of dollars, uh, scales that my science department has. But get you some of them. That's uh, like Bubblegum Lab, Oreo Lab, like those types of fun little things. Uh, we weigh our mice with them uh yeah i mean they just really come in handy so and they're cheap and they work awesome that's great um a silhouette machine electric hole puncher literally everything from reality works all those cool models that they have which are awesome if you have to spend a lot of money at one time because those are um expensive heavy duty stapler large paper cutter i love how we're so into school supplies this is my favorite type of shopping when I was a kid. I'm not gonna lie. Still is. Um, worm farm for composting. Who my worm farmers out? I'm a worm farmer. Um, dehydrator, such a good one for food science. Um, a compact printer for stickers and little things like that. If you don't have one, document camera. A second laminator. <laughs> Um, school supplies, best things to shop for, target dollar spot for sure. Portable projector, we have a bunch of projectors. Um, we use them a lot for CDEs, so we always have them with us. Um, keep all lab pieces in scrapbook bins from Michaels. Um, get them when they're on Sarah having a good teacher sale made by Iris. Um, yeah, organization things are always really great. Uh, uh, FFA jackets, get you a set, scarves, that's my department. We have so many girls, we lose scarves like it's our job. Um, I don't know why somebody just wants a scarf. I don't know. Um, 
else? I always like to get the big post-it note poster things that you can rip off. Yes. Um, and then I just got a bunch of those Melissa and Doug like stuffed animal dogs and cats and stuff. So those are really nice for when they teach small animal care. For whatever reason, I feel like the kids have them every day too, like sitting next to them, holding on to them. So those are nice. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, we have a clothing rack to hang jackets and extra pieces, big rolls of butcher paper. It goes along with the um, this 3M sticky note uh, boards, lots of post-it notes. I just bought me some of this craziness. Yeah, you never know when you need post-it notes. Um, oh, that science. Those Melissa and Doug things. Katie, if you were at Germany in the winter, uh, my teaching partner did one about vet science and she talked about all the little things she's made um, for vet science or I can get you connected with her. She's awesome. Um, but those Melissa and Doug dogs are great for bandaging, holding, all those kind of stuff. Black Sharpie. Those too. Oh, those are really cool. The canine IV legs, we use those in our vet science program too. Those are expensive from NASCO. They're suturing practice suturing, but you can make your own too. Um, we also, if you have a lot of money to spend, like a CPR dog, um, you can do, or uh, we have another one of those canine like model dogs that you can like do weird stuff with. It has like organs and stuff. Uh, preserve specimens. Those are great. Like the parasites and stuff for the kids for ID. Um, great ideas. I know that, that was some, we changed over to vet science. Um, you know, I would get some, I don't know, chapter books. I know that sounds weird, like Habitudes, if you could, or something like that, if you had leadership or um, something of that nature, because if we are digital, that would be cool to send home books with kids. Um, just a thought. CDE stuff from One Less Thing. I'm a big fan of One Less Thing. They're past ag teachers who are awesome. Um, so one last thing I always shout from the rooftops. A class set of student handbooks from Shop FFA, that's another great idea. Have manuals or handbooks if you're teaching digitally and need to send stuff home. Um, soil sterilizers and mixers, uh, Featherman's poultry processing equipment. Oh, that's you. Okay. Uh, lab quest and different sensors. Food science aroma kit. Yes. I wish we did food science in Georgia. We do not. Katrina, let's just start it. Let's just start it ourselves. Um, Can someone explain that? That was something else someone has recommended to me, but I don't teach food science. I would like to get it started at our school, but I don't understand what those food science aroma things are. Cameron, do you want to chat about it? Was that your request? Uh, it's just a part of the contest, and you know, well, I guess in the national one too. But I buy ours from OK No. I think it's called Agate Toolbox, and it's like fifty aromas. It feels like, and they're like this big, and they're concentrated smells, and they do them off of the national list. Which Oklahoma, we still do the old list, so we just tape off the ones that are irrelevant whenever we're studying but they're like $250. So that's why I recommended it if you have money. Um, and then you can go ahead and buy some from like the store, you know, like oregano and um, 
the extract, strawberry, raspberry, all of those, and make your own food science aromas, which is what I do whenever I'm just teaching it to the class. I don't, we don't get out the fancy ones because they're expensive. Um, and then I also buy from Sam's the little uh, like one ounce, two ounce cups and lids, because usually at contests, jackpots in Oklahoma, that's how they're like labeled. So they'll be like one and then you pull off the top and you smell it and then you put the top back on. So the aroma kit is just specifically the smells, the smell kit. And I know that Idaho maybe had was selling some and then COVID happened. So there's one up in the air and I'm not for sure who else sells them, but. Great ideas. Any anything CDE related that you usually forget about buying and then it's CDE season and you're like, oh, crap. You know, those are good ones. Um, trying to go off of these. Uh, brand new middle school program, new school, no greenhouse, no animals, asking for suggestions. Um, and then people talk about egg handlers, incubators are great. Um, a resource that you could look at, the Georgia Ag Ed website under curriculum, I, I'd have to look it up. It does have a, um, for each pathway we teach in Georgia, it has a, a classroom list of everything you should buy if you were starting a brand new program and new programs are like required to buy those things, I think. Um, so you could, for the new middle school program, check that out. They do have one for middle school, um, a list of all the things you would need to teach that curriculum. Um, growing microgreens in the classroom, teach hunter safety with middle school, um, classroom hydroponics, subscriptions. Oh, that's a great idea. All the subscriptions, Quizlet, Kahoot, Clickers, whatever thing you're going to use, AET, buy those subscriptions now um, when you have the money rather than coming out of your FFA account. All right, any last minute things you can throw them in the chat and I'm gonna pass it over to Hannah real quick as we wrap up. Okay, so we're gonna do our green and growing challenge. Um, and this week, so we've done plants that are your favorite, your very favorite plants and your pets that you're taking good care of. Um, so this week, I want you guys to just highlight someone in your life that has been like your go-to go person, your person that puts a smile on your face, whoever that might be. Um, it could be your parents, it could be your kids, um, your husband, wife, whoever it might be. So just give that person a shout out on um, the good old Instagram or Facebook, uh, and then you can take Sarah and I and um, use the hashtag green and growing challenge so i can see all of the people who support you guys each and every day because i think we need those people right now right <laughs> mine will not be my children because they have been crazy today <laughs> oh that's what i have for you um one other thing too audrey that i was thinking of you have furniture in your classroom i had like a bunch of money to spend and mine was i'm like to get furniture that would allow me to set up our classroom like a vet office that might be something to think about but. all right sarah sending it over to you all right 
We have two weeks left of virtual coffee. Um, and if you were not here last week, Hannah and I wanted to let you know that we will be, we will be continuing um, something similar to virtual coffee, but with a smaller group of people. Um, and if you are interested in being part of that group, um, we're going to transition. This was really as a, you know, crisis, like, hey, we need to hang out. We need to figure out digital learning. Um, the next group would be more focused on, you know, your growth as a teacher, things that you want to change. And then obviously we'll start talking about digital learning and those kind of things. So I'm going to drop in the chat two links for you. One is if you're interested in this, um, this new June thing to get you through July, June before Germinate starts in July. Um, and then uh, I also put the stop, start, continue for virtual coffee. So we can always serve you better each week that you guys come. So if you want to grab those links, I know a lot of you um, did fill out the interest form last week. I did get them. I will send out an email this week, probably by the end of week, about more information. Um, once Hannah and I chat about it a little bit more. Um, and there's definitely some questions in the, uh, in the chat that we can add for next week. And then um, last but not least, you know, Germinate is coming. And I wanted to let you know that there is another way that you can purchase. It just dropped this morning. So there's three ways. You can get an invoice and have your school pay for you. You can pay the full 75 online when you want. And now for, you know, if you, $75 is a lot of money right now. I understand. I too want to make sure that my money is going to the right places at the right time. Um, there is a way for you to do a payment plan of 25-25 for the next three months and it gets you access to germinate right away and then you just pay those other two installments in the next two months. So it gives you a little bit of leadway um, to fit it into your budget. And if you have any questions about that, you're welcome to ask me um, about any of that stuff. And we really hope that if you're here um, and you believe that Every day you walk into the classroom, you should be a little bit better than the day you were before. It doesn't mean you have to be a national champion or uh, have a state officer every year or all these things just to better serve your students. Germany is going to be a great place for you. And Hannah was telling me, um, Hannah is our speaker coach, that she has been getting some of the takeaways from speakers and they're insane. Like the amount of quality you get Hannah and I we talked about it like if all these teachers started a teacher pay teacher store and sold their takeaways just for ten dollars you would have to buy all of that for three hundred dollars right if I did my math right just to get the takeaways and this you get all of it plus the teaching plus the community all that stuff oh man Ryan I messed up the google form just forget that one just throw that one away. But anyway, so if you have any questions about Germinate, there are a lot of ambassadors and speakers on this call. Raise your hand if you're a speaker. I just want to see. Yes. Raise your hand if you're an ambassador. Yay. And then there's past ones in here too that I see who've been speakers or, in, well, not ambassadors, but have been speakers in the past. So lots of people here 
um, who can help you out with Germinate. So we thank you. I love getting to see you guys and getting to know you guys better um, through virtual coffee. It's not, you know, maybe through Instagram, we didn't know each other that well. And now I feel like I know you guys and I can cheer for you and pull for you. So send us those questions. There's definitely a few in the chat that we will get back with you and we will see you next week at this time. Have a great week. You just finished listening to Egg with Miss Wedger, where I'm sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with each of you. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned a little bit more about our topic for today. Visit my Instagram at Mrs. Wedger to follow along on my daily journey as an agriculture teacher, a wife, and a mama at two. If you have any questions or ideas on topics you want me to dig in and cover, or if you, yeah, you. <laughs> Want to be a guest? You can send me an email at eggwithmisswedger at gmail.com. I hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye, everybody.